Oklahoma. I don't mean the musical. It's where I grew up, in a town you may have never heard of called Seminole. But more than that, Oklahoma, the latest state in the union, to ban most abortions after six weeks. Texas and Oklahoma have quite a rivalry, especially on the football field. But they both recently worked on nearly identical bills. Both states are banning abortions after six weeks of pregnancy and allowing citizens to bring lawsuits against any providers who break this new law. Seven other states have recently worked on similar bills. In the next few months, the U.S. Supreme Court may even take another look at Roe v. Wade in these days to come. No matter what happens, we should pray that the church can help young mothers in need. There are over 2,000 pregnancy counseling clinics across America. Pray for more to open in the name of Jesus and pray for the end of abortion. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is, the first Monday in May. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series for a second week called Rejoicing in Jesus. I hope you had a good weekend. And most of all, I hope you had time to rejoice in your Savior. That's what we were talking about last week, and we'll continue to talk about this week as we look at the book of Philippians, this series, Rejoicing in Jesus. And that could really be the subtitle of the letter of Paul to the church in Philippi. You know, I can honestly say that I don't think there's another book I'd rather be studying with you right now than Philippians. We need more joy, joy of the Lord right now. I suppose we've always needed it, But as I look back, I can't really think of another time like this one. Not during my lifetime, anyway. With so much turmoil in our world, it could sap your joy. It has, many of us. And it's so easy to get down, to lose sight of the fact that we as believers have Christ. Christ is with us, and we are with Christ. And that's why it's so important for us to think about Philippians now. So won't you join me over these next few minutes? Today we're looking at chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. It's a short passage, a passage that challenges Christians to work out their salvation with trembling and fear. Paul also says we shouldn't grumble. That's pretty heavy stuff, but I think you'll agree after we look at it together. It's filled with joy in Christ, so don't leave yet. And speaking of joy, I want to go to Austin, Texas, I want to meet up with one of our youngest listeners. His name is Owen, and he's the son of two of our team members, Tyler and Stephanie. Owen is a big fan of Sing the Bible, the music series. Owen, it's Mr. Charles here. Welcome to Haven Today for the very first time. You sing the Bible, don't you? Uh, yeah. Owen, how old are you now? Five. Oh, my goodness. You know, the last time I saw you, you were three let me ask you this, Owen. When do you listen to Sing the Bible? Um, well, we sing a song every night about the Lord, and um, before I go to bed every night, and um, sometimes when we're singing in our church. Our church. Yes, yes. What do you What do you like to sing when you sing the Bible, Owen? Um, I like the ox one, and well. And that funny one. Well, the ox is pretty funny, isn't it? I heard that a few days ago. 
Wow. And the bring me a heifer. Do you like that one too? Yes. He loves those ones with the goofy sounds and the silly words and the well, animals. Well, Randall Goodgame is a funny person. Do you know he wears a bow tie? He loves bow ties. He loves bow ties. All right. Well, I you'll... even have some in my uh, in my drawer. I have drawers now. Wow. I'm so glad to hear you have drawers now. Wow. That's great. Give me a song that's from Sing the Bible that you'd like to sing. Well, I like the when he says the halt one and when he says the... You can do it for the Lord? Yeah. Why do you like that part? Um, Because it has the Lord and I really love Jesus. I'll take that. That's a keeper, Owen. Hey, Thank you so much for coming and doing this interview with me today. All right? You're very brave to do that. And Mr. Charles says thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Let's listen to Sing the Bible right now with Randall Goodgame. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord and not for men. As working for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart As working for the Lord and not for men As working for the Lord and not for men Whatever you do, whether in word or deed Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Whatever you do, whether in word or deed Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord and not for men. As working for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. As working for the Lord and as working for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Colossians 3:17. Colossians 3:17. Colossians 3:17 and 23. With all your heart, as working for the Lord and not for men, as working for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord and not for men, as working for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart As working for the Lord and not for men As working for the Lord and not for men Oh, whatever you do Work 
straight out of the Bible. That's Randall Goodgame with Whatever You Do from Colossians 3. And it's found on his brand new Sing the Bible 4 album. I enjoy the creativity he puts into his music. And those horns, those harmonies, so fun to hear. But even more important, as you and your family listen to these CDs, I know the scriptures in these songs will give opportunities to talk about Jesus, faith, and why we need a Savior. And you'll be surprised how quickly everyone will be singing and memorizing God's holy word. So after this program, I want to encourage you to get in touch with us and make your minimum gift to Haven today. But ask for the bundle of Sing the Bible, Volumes 1 through 4. The number to call in a few minutes is 800 6 65 Haven. Or go online, listen to samples, watch videos we've shot with Randall, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. You're listening to Haven Today in a series called Rejoicing in Jesus. I said this when we began our time together. We're looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. And as we read through these verses, I think you'll agree that it's filled with joy in Christ. Here's how it begins. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now let's think about The first four words for just a moment. Therefore, my dear friends. Here's a man sitting in a Roman prison, sitting there for preaching the gospel, chained to a Roman guard. And how does he speak to his brothers and sisters in Christ? With tenderness. Why is that? Because he had found joy in Christ. His circumstances were awful. Humanly speaking, he didn't have much to hope for. But the good news was, he was relying totally on his Savior. The Apostle Paul knew who Christ was, and he knew what Christ had done for him. So even in the worst of times, he was free to love his brothers and sisters, because he had Christ, and Christ had him. What a way to start this passage. But it doesn't end here, of course. In this section, Paul helps the Philippian Christians as well as you and me, understand some important things about our Christian faith. But what does it mean when he tells them to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling? Is he telling them that they can be saved by their own works? No, that would go against what the rest of the Bible teaches. It would even contradict what Paul says very clearly in the following chapter. What he means is fairly simple. He wants them to respond to God's grace in Christ with their gratitude. Have you ever received an unexpected gift? Maybe from your spouse or a child or a good friend. What was your response? Well, I hope you were grateful. After all, when someone shows you unexpected kindness, that's the acceptable response. So how should you and I respond to God's incredible amazing kindness to us in Jesus Christ with gratitude. 
So how should you and I respond to God's incredible, amazing kindness to us in Jesus Christ? With gratitude. Paul is telling us that if we are in Christ, we should respond by desiring to please God. And it's the Lord himself who works in us and allows us to begin to obey him with thankfulness. And if you really think about it, can anything bring you more joy than this? We're not saving ourselves. Christ saves us. And even our response of gratitude and thanksgiving is the result of God working in us. So no matter what happens around us, we can know that if we believe in Christ, he's done the work for us. And even now, he's using his Holy Spirit to make us new day by day. What a Savior. And that's why we can have joy even in the worst of circumstances. Because prison or sickness or grief cannot stop Jesus Christ. So Paul goes on. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Now these are the words of a missionary writing to a church he had planted. Imagine this scene with me. It's early on a Sunday morning, far earlier than we're used to gathering for church, but there are the Philippian Christians all standing together in a house, worshiping the Lord. And one of the elders is reading a letter from Paul the Apostle. Most of them knew Paul personally. Most of them were led to faith in Christ by Paul. Maybe the Philippian jailer was even there. And now, even though Paul was a prisoner, he's writing to them and encouraging them. What a sight that would have been. I imagine there would have been tears in the congregation listening to this letter. Smiles as well. And what did their father in Christ tell them? To do things without grumbling or arguing. That's the result of joy, isn't it? Nothing less. If you don't have joy, you'll be grumbling and arguing all the time for all your life. But if you know who Christ is and what he did for you, and you know you believe in him and you know you were saved, well, that makes all the difference. Life may still be hard. It would have been for the Philippians. Most early Christians were poor. Many were slaves. And life in the first century wasn't easy even for the rich and the powerful. But they had Christ. And Christ had them. And so their joyful living would stand out before a world around them. And that's an understatement. After all, what's more strange in our fallen world than a group of people with deep, overflowing joy? I don't mean happiness. You can go to a football stadium and you can see tens of thousands of people who are happy that their team is winning a game. But what I'm talking about is real, real deep-seated joy, the kind that only comes from being in Christ. That's the kind of thing that makes people sit up and take notice. And what does Paul say? Then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. If the Philippian Christians hold fast to God's word, 
If they live their lives in joy, being blameless and pure and shining like stars in the midst of the fallen world, then it will bring the apostle great joy, because it proves that Christ really is at work, that the gospel has taken root in Philippi, as it had in so many other cities around the Mediterranean. The day of Christ, that's the last day, the day, the day our Savior returns, riding on the clouds of heaven. And if you think about it, this is when our joy will become complete. After all, there will be no more sin or death or pain. Our tears will be wiped away. And as C.S. Lewis once put it, everything sad will come untrue. And even in the meantime, Paul still rejoices in Jesus. Listen to the final two verses of our passage. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul didn't know what the future held. He might have even been on death row. Perhaps he only had months to live, maybe less. But one thing he did know was that even if he died a martyr's death for the sake of the gospel, it would be a sacrifice to Christ. And isn't that a beautiful picture? Being poured out like a drink offering as the life leaves this body and It'll be like the liquid leaves the cup before the Lord. His death would be pleasing to his Savior. And what would be the end result? He would be with Christ, never to be separated again. And even in the midst of this uncertainty, even as he prepared for what might have been his own death at the hands of the Roman authorities, Paul could rejoice with the Philippians with his brothers and sisters in Christ. What a picture. What an encouragement for you and me. And what can we take away from these verses in Philippians chapter 2? Well, I'd say there are a few main things. We can realize that the only proper response to what Jesus Christ has done for us is to praise him and to worship him and to obey him in gratitude. That doesn't mean we'll always be happy. But worshiping Christ brings joy to us that even the worst of circumstances in life cannot touch. And as we live this Christian life, we can have joy even in the midst of the struggles. It's not easy. Anyone who has been a Christian for any length of time can tell you that. But here's the joy of it. Christ is the one working in you and me. Christ is molding us more and more into his image through the work of the Spirit, even if we cannot see it in ourselves. And one day, one day, we will be poured out as a drink offering, and we get to be with Christ forever. That's when our joy will be complete. Seek first. His kingdom and His righteousness And all these things will be added Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness And all these things will be added to you 
about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. Seek first His kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the Was dressed like one of these, and if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying what. Shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the people who do not know God run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all. And all these things will be added to you. From Slugs and Bugs, Sing the Bible, Volume 2, that's Do Not Worry. The words of Jesus coming out of Matthew 6. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. As I've gotten to know Randall Goodgame over the years, I have so appreciated his desire to see children come to know Jesus Christ. Well, I want you and the children around you to sing the Bible. I want you to experience what so many of our listeners have been experiencing as they see the kids around them become interested in the Bible through these songs on these albums. I think you'll be surprised at how quickly children as well as adults can remember the verses. The music is perfect for a road trip in a car or listening to around the house. I know you, as well as children in your life, are going to memorize scripture, and it'll be fun along the way. I think you'll also be encouraged by God's word through this music as well. The number to call right now is 800-65-HAVEN. 800 800- 
65 Haven. Or go online. And when you do that, listen to samples. And then make your minimum gift and ask for the set of the Sing the Bible series, Volumes 1 through 4. Our web address is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you just want Sing the Bible Volume 4, we can send that to you for a gift of any amount. And you just need to ask for it when you call. One last note, we're still sending 100% of your donations for refugees to Mission Eurasia, who's helping in Ukraine right now. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Won't you pray about how many families you can give to to share food? as well as hope in Jesus, 100% of your gifts will go directly to help those in great need. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Who left you in charge? How many times did we hear those words as children? Once your parents left, the younger siblings would begin to question the authority of the oldest. But brothers and sisters aren't the only ones to question authority. In Mark 2, Jesus was questioned by some of the teachers of the law. He had forgiven the sins of a paralyzed man. The teachers said he didn't have that authority. So Christ showed them who was in charge. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. And he did. Jesus is the one who forgives our sins. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.